You talking that's about the, that, that's that the candidate, the, dem- the guy who's going to run in the Democrat politics. primary against Biden. He's Robert F. Kennedy's. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to have much much luck there. No, but every but, time I hear him talk, he sounds like he's about to start crying. And then I'm going to do other things that the government does. I think, I think that the government had a hand in killing my uncle and my dad, and I just want them to complete <laughs> the cycle. Make it a three-peat. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the pre-show. <laughs> this is Did that go out? About. Yeah, that all went out. Oh, sorry. So they heard the part about Robert F. Kennedy. Every time I hear Robert F. Yeah. Kennedy, he sounds like he's going to You're going to get those emails. We're going to get oh, those emails. We're going to get those emails. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. I am sorry. I'm not yeah, really. Sorry. He thought he was just talking to sorry, me. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, segment one, we'll do that, what we did this week. I didn't do anything. I was so busy. I didn't even get to read all of the comics that I wanted to read oh, this week, no. which was a damn shame. Well, it was a good um, week for comics. It was okay. It was okay. Um, at least what I read, you know, was was okay. Um, but we'll talk about Bill Willingham and drama with DC. Uh, we'll talk about Alan Moore. What about Alan Moore? Oh, I I think I know what this is a part about Alan Moore is about. Well, let's let's, let's wait. Let's let's not uh, let's not spoil anything. Rob Liefeld, wizard. Oh hell no, Rob Liefeld. And Did you guys see where he uh, drew Sam? Oh, that's Wilson? what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. That's what yes. we're going to talk about. Because he he has he has basically be, uh, <laughs> become uh, conscious of well, the meme. The he's fooling a little right? bit because like right? the Sam Wilson one isn't as overtly ridiculous as the Steve Rogers yeah. one because we'll like talk, he yeah. he turned him a little bit, try to yeah. correct his work. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk but about he it. He shouldn't uh, have done uh, that in the first place. One was bad enough, and now I know we have I'm to excited to. They're multiplying. Hey, you know what? I at least I kind of respect him, like acknowledging what a fucking farce that first image was. At thank least owning you, it, you, you know. This yeah. is this we'll, is what happens when you do too much nose candy. Hey, we'll talk about that uh, in the news section. Damn it, Thorcore, come back. Couple food news. We do have a moment of destruction. And then top three, again, a week where I, I was just super busy this week, man. I just did not read as many comics as I wanted to. I still have a top three, but, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say about them. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Anything. Really hyping up the end of the show. Yeah, here, I'm Gomer. sorry. Sorry. I'm sure you guys read a lot of comics. <laughs> we have no better hype man than Gomer. Yeah, I'm sure you guys read a lot of comics, so we'll definitely do that. So, Anything else we want to add to the show? There was something I was thinking about earlier, but I can't remember what it was now. Oh, well. Oh, well, there you go. It'll My memory's out. starting to go. Yeah. Oh, there it goes. In your old age. I've heard a good cure for that is alcohol. Then you can just blame it on the alcohol. That's not really a cure, per se. Yeah, it's a social cure. It's, it's a, a cover. Social, it's a social ale. It's a self-medication. Yeah. Well, all right, let's do the thing. Very apropos... Open. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel the same way, Eddie. Oh man, segment one is gonna be off the fucking game. Oh, yeah, they had, yeah. yeah. It's like the departure from the Darth Vader we know. Yeah, right. Greetings, geeks. 
Welcome back. It is another episode of This Geek and Comics, Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk shit show! Talk. Oh, Gomer Taylor, David. Uh, Andy was going to be here, but he is just super busy. Uh, I mean, uh, here, I was going to pop it up. We'll just, uh, I won't. Uh, I didn't do shit this week. I was so slamming busy that I did really nothing extra. Um, I mean, I even missed out on like some TV shows, you know, that I had to catch up on. Anyway, did gentleman do anything that you want to mention? Um, no. I marathoned the oh. Gamera series on Netflix. Oh, nice. nice. How, was, How that? was it? I, as a fan of the high side era Gamera, which is the ones from the 90s. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this series. It does have a lot. The the kaiju featured in the series are the Showa era. Uh, they were okay. boasting a new kaiju who's going to fight six kaiju. And he- I have to confess, I don't really know Gamera's kaiju gallery. You know, like um, not quite as famous as Godzilla's. To be no, fair, um, I, I... probably probably the most famous of the of the Gamera gallery is probably. Uh, Gauss and uh, Garion. Um, is one of those like those pterodactyl monsters that like Gauss, camera that one time? Gauss is the pterodactyl uh, monster. Okay. Um, Garion is the kaiju with the big sword for a head. Oh, that's uh, cool. I, I really enjoyed the. Um, hmm. I really enjoyed a lot of the redesigns of some of these kaiju, especially Garion. Um, it just worked. Uh, Grime probably nice. gave Gamera his biggest fight, and that was so nice. Where is this streaming? On Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. The Netflix. The Netflix. The Netflix. Cool, man. I might check it out. Sounds and I dope. also watched oh. the first episode of Fully Cooly Grunge. Oh, yeah, I've never... Yeah, I don't... What What the hell is that? It is, is that a, anime? It's an Fully anime. Fully Cooly is an anime from, I guess, was it in the 90s, Dave, or the 80s? It was or? very late 90s, early okay. 2000s, so it's like 20-something years old, but they yeah. did right. make uh, two sequels about five years ago. You know how all anime is weird? Fully yes. Cooly is weird by anime standards. Yes. Oh, wow. It's six yeah. episodes. It's crazy. This new, this fourth Fully Cooly is Probably with just the one episode I've seen, it's probably the closest to the original Fooly Cooly. The animation style is different, but the feel is there. Oh, okay, okay, very good. So, I'm Taylor, what'd you do? Anything worth mentioning? Tonight. Jeff, no, Jeff chiming no. in in the chat. Hey, Jeff, hey, Jeff, What's up, brother. Hello, <laughs> now, well, um, I did my D that I always do on Friday, on. but other than that, nothing really. Well, what then kind it's of D&D on to... campaign are you running? Ahsoka. Oh, he, David has a question. It's a homebrew one. It's ah. nice, nice. I never actually run like an official campaign. Ah, <laughs> I keep popping this up like a strobe effect. Anyways, episode five. Gomer's just chomping five? at the bit to do Ahsoka. Yeah, dude, it was fucking dope. Fallen was, Jedi. Yeah. Uh, this is the one with whales in space. Oh, wait, no, not those. Captain, let her be whales. Oh, Gomer. Not Purgle. those whales in space. The You're incorrigible. Those whales in space. Those whales. But uh, it, it was that, you know, they're still looking for Ezra. But this episode was actually about Ahsoka a little bit. And her having, I don't know, actually a real interaction. You know, weirdly enough, I, I don't think it's no coincidence that... um. This was my favorite episode so far, and it's the one that did not have Sabine in it yeah. at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's on the other side of the universe. 
in another not, galaxy. Not, no, yeah. she's not yeah. on the other side of the universe. She's in another universe. Well, another I universe? Thought it was another galaxy. I think it's another galaxy. Yeah. So yeah. So she's the same. Well, universe. Whatever. So yeah. Is this young Ahsoka. Anyway. Right here? Yeah, I was gonna ask if that was someone in particular. That yes. young Ahsoka right there is the girl who played young Gamora in Endgame. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. She's really good at playing young aliens. Man, Disney's got her locked in for all yeah, these right? uh, young give alien her, parts. Give her a damn show. Um, but I mean, if, if you haven't seen like Rebels, you know, especially uh, this episode, the Clone Wars, I'm not sure that you got as much out of this because I was fucking geeking out the whole time she was. This... And again, what was it? It was it an actual interaction with Anakin's Force Ghost? Was it like a Force Fever dream? Was it a regular? No. You know what I mean? It's uh, hard. I don't it, think they actually came out and said this. Exactly this is, I like the vagueness of this. I like it this, too, Taylor. Yes. This is explained in Rebels. This is the world between worlds that pe that people who are really sensitive to the Force can yeah. enter and interact and look through different parallels of time because Ahsoka in Rebels right. died to Vader. Then right. Ezra was in the world between worlds and he pulled Ahsoka out at the moment of her death. Yeah. But again, no. this doesn't necessarily mean that this is like Anakin's Force Ghost. It's not acting like Anakin did at the end of Jedi, all smiles and happy. You um, know? Well, he was he is... was being what he needed to be to get Ahsoka through right. this moment, I think. Right. And I thought that was a good touch, you know. Yeah. I thought that Hayden Christensen did a good job. I thought that um, I thought that the the journey from like this trippy void, this world between worlds, as David describes it as, like going back through her past in the Clone Wars and then, you know, coming full circle. And Anakin even said, okay, well, going back to the beginning then, you know, um, yeah. I thought that was, it was all well handled. Um, yeah, I yeah. like that they're not really sitting down and being like, the power was inside you all along. No, he, they're keeping it like, they're they're trusting the audience to kind of piece things together. Um, and this is where I do like our different perspectives because I haven't seen any of this shit. Uh, Dave yeah. uh, could probably quote fucking episodes to us, and I think you're more of a casual fan, right? I am very casual on the yes. animated stuff. You know, I keep up with it. I only have watched, you know, certain key episodes, but I'm like, you yeah, know, I wiki it, you know, so, and, and try to keep up that way. As always, I mean, yeah, Rex in it. It did. Well, it didn't. They didn't give us. They didn't give us an unhelmeted Rex. And well, sure, dude, they but, did. They blew yeah. all their de-aging budget on Hayden Christensen. Yeah, they can't on do that. Can't do that for <laughs> Mr. Tamora as well. You but know? here's the thing: is they had they had the they had the actor who plays the clones in Kenobi. I mean, right. yes, he was a little bit, you know, a, a ten-year-old, much older clone, but. I really, really, I would have loved to seen a DA, or at least a unhelmeted Rex in yeah. the clone armor, in the Arc Trooper armor. No, I agree. It would have been great to see. That would have been nice. No but I don't think no it's lie. a. At least for me, it's not a deal breaker. Yeah, you know? no, it's, just, no. it's not. It's not a deal breaker. We still got a live action Rex. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. wish we had two live action. Yeah, Rexes. so yeah, right. <laughs> perhaps more so than any other episode so far. This is one where Dave probably got a lot more out of it than I did. But I still enjoy the hell out of it. Like, I'm, I'm aware enough of Ahsoka's story that I was able to follow the action. Um, and if you don't know as little as I know about Ahsoka, I don't know why you're watching the show in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe you're just a Star Wars fan, you know? But maybe. if you are, she's been in so many things now 
that it's really hard to, I mean, to not know who that character is, at least at a surface level. He's been around level, since, but... for at least 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, and so, he, like, just through, like, pop he's... culture osmosis, I, I know enough to follow, like, you know, the fact that she fought through the Clone Wars as Anakin's apprentice, and, you know, I yeah. knew enough to get me through here. Yeah. Then that scene um, where Anakin's, like, walking away, and the lightning goes, and he shifts Vader's. between Vader's. You see Vader's cloak and the helmet and him. Dude, yep. uh, masterful, masterful, Filoni. Extremely well done. Yeah, this is this well is Dave Filoni's playground, and I really yeah. think that he's doing so much better than with the stuff that he's provided than what Lucas has provided in a lot of uh, ways. Yeah, one hundred percent. He he is. Well, I don't want to wade into that quagmire, but yeah, you're I, not wrong. I don't think I, you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I but, also. I mean, I also just want to mention how much I appreciate uh, Carson as our everyman. This guy shows up in multiple series. He oh, is our, I, um, I love the connected tissue that he's providing here. We're like, yes. he can show up in, um, Mandalorian. in Mandalorian. I think he showed up in Book of Boba Fett a couple of times. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. He might have. But either way, I like that he's showing up here. Um, yeah. he, is, he is our Wedge Antilles. Yeah, man, that actor is actually in a show called Kim's Convenience, which is a Canadian yes. comedy. It's brilliant. It's so good. You need to check it out if you have. I think at this point, though, Carson also... had more lines than Wedge ever did. At this yeah, point. right. Yeah, but he sure. also show he's also the actor also was in Shang Chi. Yeah, he was in Shang Chi. Very. Oh, who was very... he in Shang Chi? Yeah. He was in the village, that hidden village. Oh, was he the like the village elder who taught uh, Aquafina how to fight? No, and he I'm was. Not sure I, if that was no, him, he was. He he had like he a brief there. cameo. He was the one like provided them clothes. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, again, an amazing episode of a show that. Yeah, I will say though, th- like, this episode felt a lot longer too. I don't know why the New Republic gives a shit about like five people going to this planet where there's nothing for them to disrupt, right? Yeah, it's they like, don't think there's anything out here. Why do they even care that they're on this planet? Hell, yeah, even if there, said, but hell, even if there is a hint said, that Thrawn is volunteers. out there, the, the problem I have with this, hold on, the problem I have with this, Taylor, is okay. You guys say you want to go get Thrawn. But there's no proof of that, and we think you're lying just so you can go get your best friend. You're right. Why the fuck do they care? Yeah, what's your what's it to you? Just let them go. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is they do nothing. They don't find a friend, and they don't the find. The only thing Thrawn. I can vaguely kind of <laughs> get about is like they don't want to lose like a general or something. But even Thrawn. then, you know, like yeah, it's that's her prerogative. You know. Yeah, it just seems weird, Dave. I'm sorry, you were saying. I said the best thing that could happen at this moment in time is they find Thrawn and Ezra. No, they're definitely going to. Oh, I mean, they, sure we obviously know they're going to. We obviously sure know that's, that's where it's leading. Yeah. Like, they're not going to do something so anticlimactic as to go to, like, to the space whale travel over to this new galaxy and not find <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. Right. They're oh, wow. Well, I guess. Make... Oh, they both died uh, 10 years ago. That's a shame. Okay, yeah. let's go home. You know? and, and here's another angle to that. Like, just the same way Spock, you know, mind melded with those whales. Ahsoka kind of did that too. Sure. She was asking yeah, sure. for permission to ride in their mouth. But I would not be surprised if these whales also gave her a little bit more information about. I mean, these well, whales are capable well, of like organic intergalactic travel. They, pre- they seem pretty sophisticated to me. You know? yeah, yeah, they, they are. Um, but 
that the 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 ability she used is the, the <laughs> ability that Ezra demonstrated in the series, but Ezra could do yeah. it with other creatures. Well, that's not even a new thing. Like that's like yeah. in a lot of the Star Wars games, that's like if you have like a Jedi versus Sith dynamic, that is one of the things they always give Jedi is the ability to commune with nature and with animals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like empathic that. abilities. And this is actually one of those instances where them doing something in Star Wars is actually, I think, more plausible than what they were doing in Star Trek because yeah. They would kind of whip out bullshit powers for Spock to have whenever it was convenient it, for the it, plot. It you would know? be. It's like, oh, like, if you ever yeah. watch TOS, like, oh, well, oh I have a, an inner eye layer that I use to keep myself from getting blinded. You know, bullshit oh, it's so like dumb. That. It is. It's like, <laughs> like that time you mind melded yeah. with the hamburger creature. Yeah. yeah. There were some oh dumb gosh. fucking episodes in the TOS. Yeah. Love it to death, but yeah, Star yeah. Trek has come a long way. Yeah, so awesome. 10 out of 10 for that episode. Just brilliant. I loved it. Uh, three episodes left. I think two, six, seven, eight, three. Like eight eight episodes, eight Is episodes. it only eight? Because it seems like they're like, this seems like a good midpoint for a season. I'm surprised we're already like in the I, final stretch here. If anything, if this episode, the way this episode felt in terms of how long I was watching, they either made this an extra longer episode than the previous four episodes, or they just jammed so much fucking into it. They could have easily made the end of the episode when she wakes up from the uh, from the vision, but and then they add more. Yeah, there was a whole yeah. extra plot line, which I'm not complaining. I'm just yeah, I love. They, the they are definitely thing, packing man. a lot I mean, into these episodes. This yeah. is definitely getting a second season. There's way too much to explore. We're gonna get Ezra back. Oh, I hope that means we're not getting a cliffhanger. We are getting yeah. so much more past this point. We have to, dude. It's and then building. that Jace kid, he's all super Force-sensitive. You know, yeah, they got to explore that. Kid. That's a spinoff right there, dude. What the fuck? I mean, yeah. He's going to be a he's gonna be a Circus Padawan. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. She needs a better one. She really does. Yeah, the one she got now is... It's is, terrible, yes. Yeah, she's... She's not terrible. She's just not Force-sensitive. <laughs> she's not very good. No, she's not great, I, dude. I'm she's sorry, not, Dave, but... She makes some bad choices. I have been soured on this character so hard with her being introduced to me in this show. I... I do not like live-action, short-haired Sabine. I like the longer hair. Oh, wow. I could not care less wow. about her hair. Like like me now. She has like been... She has been such a dead weight. Worse than a dead weight. She has been actively thwarting them the entire time she's the mvp for the sith so far she just loves her friend i gotta love i love my friend ezra all right whatever (sighs) i know let's do news maybe once they actually get back together on screen it'll be a moment that you're like oh okay i can understand why she was being so you know stupid maybe i doubt it it, but uh anyway yeah let's do news We start off with just a really, really weird story. Uh, Bill Willingham, the creator, um, copyright holder, maybe, of Fable. Apparently, he must, because I know where you're going with this. Uh, he released a, a, a newsletter on Substack, and he's like, um, Fables is now in the public domain. Uh, he said, Fables is fully creator-owned by me, not, but not creator-controlled. DC has most publication and media rights locked up. So then what good does ownership still have? We're about to see. And then he went on to say that the comic book property called Fables, including all related Fable spinoffs and characters, is now in the public domain. What was once wholly owned by Willingham is now owned by everyone. For all time, it's done. And as most experts will tell you, once it is done, it can't be undone. 
Um, so why did he do this? I think this is the most important question. Why did he do this? Uh, he said there's a number of reasons, but basically it comes down to DC not paying him and his lack of money to sue DC Comics for what he is owed. Uh, he said, I chose to give away, give away to anyone. If I could prevent fables from falling into bad hands, at least this way, I can arrange that it also falls into many good hands. Since I truly believe there are still more good people in the world than bad ones, I count it as a form of victory. Um, Which is funny because, you know, the fairy tales that they're based on are already public domain. Dude, that's part of my end, end it, it point is here. kind of meta here, uh, yes. It's already in the public domain. All of it. But the specific story of fables, though, I guess is... I, I don't understand how he owns the characters, but doesn't control the publication. I mean, that's the I am not that he's got. I am not savvy all right, enough. You know how about, Taylor Swift? You know how Taylor Swift, yeah. right? Like redid all of her music and then re-released it. It's yes. kind of like that, you know. She owns certain rights, but not all of the rights. Yeah, again, dude, and this I, he gets. This is he all lost on this. me. Yeah. yeah, this is actually really good that you said this because he gets in on this. He's like. You can ask one copyright lawyer one question or series of questions and then ask another one, and they're both going to have different answers. And he's like, this has been done on purpose to hurt creators who own stuff, you know what I mean, to make it more complex and more difficult for them to actually get what is due to them for doing this shit. Um, all right, so DC, like the day after, shot back in a statement, and this is very rare. For, for DC to, to do something like this. The fables, comic books, and graphic novels published by DC and the storylines, characters, and elements therein are owned by DC and protected under the copyright laws of the United States and throughout the world in accordance with applicable law and are not in the public domain. DC reserves all rights and will take such action as DC deems necessary or appropriate to protect its intellectual property rights. Uh, there's a couple other angles here, but there was like a Kickstarter anthology thing that was discussed by some creators on social media. Um, but now that's kind of on hold. It's almost like we dare you. You know what I mean? DC is just basically saying we dare you to go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is a, that does have a chilling effect. Like that's going to end up tying up, uh, fables and courts for years. We may not see something published from fables for a very long time. I mean, that's not that Why much of a they? blow because they just like fables have been gone for like decades before they yeah. started re-releasing or they started sorry not re-releasing but releasing this like this yeah. continuation. Yeah. Well, it also had a video game or two. It had that I Batman guess. tie-in. Yeah, Wolf but, Among Us. Yeah, but what Dave said a minute a moment ago, he said we might not see fables stuff in for a while. I disagree. Whether or not either party wins, yeah, I mean, if DC in... will still be allowed to publish new comics. Yes, if DC... They either own it or it's in the public domain. Yeah, I mean, they can release, like, the collection of this uh, continuation of the series. I mean, yeah. it probably doesn't change their plans all that much, but them issuing their statement is meant to probably be a chilling effect, right? Like you're saying, like, I definitely would think twice if I had, like, a a cockamamie idea for how to use like fables versions of snow white and bigby and things like that because i don't want to fuck with you know dc's lawyers exactly dude yeah it's almost like a threat and and again yeah. that's part of what bill bill has been saying you know bill willingham has been saying okay yeah so there's another couple of angles here all right one of them yes um all of this shit is already in the public domain okay that's the magic of this series. Yeah, universe. like you really have to be very like exacting if you want people to know that this is 
the fables version of like you know uh All jack or yeah. Stowe or any of these other characters there's also another angle here um bill willingham is like a prominent white right-wing conservative commentator who's written for breitbart um among other things and like part of the community was like, man, I really stand for what Bill's doing, but he's an asshole, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So that's like another angle. It's like, wow, he's really doing like this sort of really great thing. But, but his pro MAGA stances are unacceptable. Yeah. And it's weird. It's like, I don't know, man. To me, that's what cancel culture is. All right. There's consequence culture. But to me, that is like, I'm not even going to listen to this guy no matter how. Well, I do think that you should be able to acknowledge when a person who you think is a bad person makes a good point. Like you can't like me. Just... We do it on this show all the time. Yeah, you're a monster. Exactly. But when you make good points, I still agree with you. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's how it should work. But anyway, we'll have more yeah. on that. Although I will say real quick that I am surprised that this is happening now. Just because it seemed like DC and him had worked out, you know, him writing more fables. Very recently, like yeah, within the last the couple of years year. here. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, dude, do you want your cake? Have your cake and eat it too. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you signed a contract. And he's saying, yeah, I did sign a contract. DC ain't holding up to their end of the contract. Well, and I don't have enough money to sue them. If he is right about that, then he, yeah, I mean, contracts are supposed to be two-way streets. They're mutual agreements. So, yeah. Yeah. But again, and I, I don't want to talk about systemic problems, but this does go back to a systemic problem. It's cost the normal person who enters into a contract so much money. The only way to have a contract litigation or whatever is to go through the courts. And you have to spend thousands and thousands yes, of dollars. Yes, there's a very asymmetrical yeah. power dynamic to a lot of these contracts. Yeah, dude. Like you hear about it all problem. the time about like – people stiffing contractors and knowing that they can't hold them accountable because they can't afford to sue them. Exactly. And this rich dude just happens to have a lawyer on retainer. Who's like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll just send him a letter. You're paying me whatever a thousand a month just to sit on my ass or something, you know, but yeah, so that is a deep problem, but let's get into other problems. Alan Moore. Um, we all know Alan Moore, arguably the greatest comic book writer of all time. I will argue that. Uh, we all know he our hates most X-Men. successful living wizard, too. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we know he so hates that. Ozzy starts of making a song about Alan Moore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So he had an interview on the Telegraph. Okay. Um, Moore was asked uh, questions about this, even though everybody knows that he hates the adaptations. He doesn't want anything to do with them. Well, obviously, Warner Brothers Discovery still be sending him checks. You know, talking about contracts. Um, Alan Moore for some time has been asking Warner Brothers Discovery um, to send his television and film royalty checks to Black Lives Matter, of all things. Um, Because, I mean, this dude is, I mean, the whitest motherfucker in the world, and he's, you know, not American. Uh, um, It just seems like a weird... Well, he's never... He's never been shy about what his politics are. Oh, <laughs> and uh, if anything, that's what's made his career, you know, is telling yeah. everybody what his politics are um, through one form or, or another. But um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. You know, it's another layer to the onion that is Alan Moore. Um, tying this into the first story, though, how the fuck do we know Warner Brothers Discovery is actually doing that? 
You know what I mean? If it's Alan hard to Moore say. Like if he's care, if they're sending him directly according to Alan Moore's wishes, like he would have no way of knowing because like he's not yeah. being an intermediary here or anything. You know? Yeah, it's like, come on, dude, do a little bit of work, Alan. You know? Yeah, like set up like like get yeah. get like a middleman to like do this for you at set least. Up a trust you know? fun. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, you still got to know the money's going in there. A foundation, an Alan Moore foundation. Like someone who is yeah. accountable to Alan Moore should be like overseeing the transfer of funds. You know. Yeah. And who knows how much he's even making? You know, the writers and the and the uh, actors are striking right now for more money. Uh, talking about how little residuals they get from from replays of stuff. So, I mean, how much is he making every time I watch V for Vendetta on HBO? How much is he? making when i watch the watchman series you know i don't know i've watched the Watchmen series like five times you're welcome alan i bought watchman like five times too the comic so that is one of those com- it's kind of like the skyrim of comic books and that like you can ask right. somebody like how many times have you bought it and it's not an inherently ridiculous question yeah but my problem is i always let people borrow it and then they never give it back bastards and i always go buy a new copy usually i find them at like a book sale or something like that and i'll, For sure. and I'll pick it, it up it's, it is it's, not hard to find watchmen it's yeah. wherever comic books or even books <laughs> are sold you know i don't even trust people enough to loan out my comics my, yeah i don't blame i have you, a, I have a watchman's different for me collection. man watchman's different for me i, I have like a to first printing of the graphic novel i don't lend it out Oh yeah, I wouldn't loan out like. Oh, if it's the first printing, yeah, absolutely. Put yeah. that in a case somewhere. Yeah, the you know? first printing a Watchmen graphic novel, nice. Yes. Nice. I have like a sixth printing. I don't think that means anything. It's got like fifty some fucking printings. Yeah. Um, by design, because that's the only way that it doesn't the rights don't revert back to Alan Moore. As long as they keep Watchmen in print, DC keeps it forever. Which is weird. I'm just saying, it's weird. Uh, all right, moving on to the one, the only. Rob Liefeld, ladies and gentlemen. He's got Dave, a Captain just, America. Just be an adult about this. No, I am. I am. Not you, David. See, David's not being an adult about this. He's being a like angsty teenager about it. it is Rob Liefeld sucks. We all agree that Rob Liefeld Rob sucks. Rob Liefeld sucks. We all agree. So just be an adult about it. Let's go. Yeah, I don't think that's the story here. I think the story is, all right, That that is based off this very actual Heroes Reborn cover that he was really serious about. He obviously made a boo boo. He's owning it. You know what I yes. mean? He's, he's owning it. I do appreciate that. Like he is yeah. at least beca- make, letting himself be a part of the joke at this point. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like he yeah. recognizes that it's become this infamous image. Although I will say that he did not make this one as outrageously stupid as the other one was. Yeah, he learned his mistakes a little bit. I love the fact that... His chest is not extending like a foot past the she-hold or anything like that. Yeah, I love the fact that the, 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 the star emblem on the, on the uh, shield looks like a Federation insignia. Oh, he kind of does with a V. A little bit with a V over it. Yeah. Yeah, That's supposed to be like a Falcon, like in the foreground and that's making the star, but yeah, I can definitely see what you're talking about. Yeah. I like that. So yeah. And again, this is Captain America number one from J. Michael Straczynski and Jesus Ayes. The first issue is out. Oh, September so the 20th. one that's not about Sam? Yeah, the one that's not about <laughs> Sam. This is a, just a variant cover that he's doing. You can actually buy okay. it. On well, you know what? Number. If I was going to complain about every time a variant cover had nothing to do with the comic oh, book itself, I'd be here bitch. all day. Yeah. yeah, we bitch all the time. That's shit. That's every damn week, man. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's all the news about this that I think we can really say. I'm happy that he's leaning into it, but. Yeah, man, that is just fucking hilarious. I love it. I love it. That will be available on Whatnot. You can actually buy that cover. Um, 
directly from Robert Lightfield. And again, he he that motherfucker laughing all the way to the bank. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he Not made his my money. Well, well, somebody's he, fucking he money. got enough money from other people, Dave. He don't give a shit what we say about him yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Finally, in news this week, uh, Thor Core is coming back in Cap in in, Cap, in uh, Immortal Thor number five. Hell yeah. Al Ewing, Martin Coccola. It's out uh, December thirteenth. Um, Al Ewing said in an interview, uh, let's talk about that cover. It's basically everyone. Well, not everyone because Eric Masterson is sadly no longer with us. But a whole bunch of people who have previously been Thor are Thor again to back up Thor, the main Thor. Uh, I think that's dope, dude. I love, I lo- have loved every Thor. Every version of Thor I have just loved. Yeah. Including Thunderstrike? Well, maybe not Thunderstrike. I mean, he's oh, all right. fuck you, Dave. Throwing cold <laughs> he's water all right. You know? I'm going deep into the But uh, come on, Storm was, was Thor, Beta Ray Bill. I mean, man. We got the greatest hits. Looks like we got Jane. There. I'm thinking that's Jane there in the foreground too. It's I like immediate so right. Just yeah. Um, has Valk- in her Valkyrie armor? Or? No, it looks like a Thor armor. Yeah, it oh. looks like a Thor armor. Dude. So Thor yeah. armor, and then we got Loki, who I don't think was ever a Thor per se, but hey, he's around and uh, yeah, Storm and Beta Ray. So yeah, I'm all for this. Yeah, me too, man. This book uh, has only one issue out, I think. Yeah, just the one issue. Yeah, just the one issue so far. Yeah. But it's really good. It was a fantastic debut issue, man. I. I loved it. I loved it. So cool. All right. That's all the news. Let's do food. Let's do this. Mmm. Yummy. Okay. This is a weird one just because it leans into how terrible business are or businesses are. Uh, after 2032, McDonald's will no longer have self serving drinks. What? I don't know if you guys have eaten inside at a McDonald's lately. When was the last time either of you have eaten inside uh, at a McDonald's? It's been a I while. I think sometime within the last year. I was on a road trip with my family. We wanted to get out of the car, so we went inside right. and ate. I think so it was pre-pandemic. So did you order your food and then wait at the counter or wait up there standing? Or did you go sit down and then um, brought it to your table? Well, um, nowadays – The thing they do nowadays that I saw was like there's – You order on like an electronic kiosk. And then um, where I was, you had to go up to the counter when they, like, called your number. But, okay. Yeah, I guess self-serving. There's I, combinations of this. I don't Some care for them... losing the self-serving drinks, though, because you could just keep refilling your drink, and I would abuse the shit out of that. Well, they're still going to be offering unlimited refills okay. for okay. people who are eating in the in the. But now someone's going to judge me, like, every time I ask for another one? Somebody is going to come and ask and ask you. If you want another refill, Ugh. and then they're going to go refill your drink for you, like at a reg- like at a regular restaurant, like not a fast food restaurant. I think that is freaking weird. Man, they got free Wi-Fi at McDonald's now. I went to my McDonald's the other day, and there was a line. So I told my wife, and this is actually a month or so ago, but I told Amazing Man, I was like, let's just go in. You know, we got five minutes just to sit down and kick it. And it was empty in there, except for one dude who had like his laptop up, pop, 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 like a Starbucks, like it was a Starbucks. And I was just blown away, dude. And they were like, "All right, go sit down." I'm like, "What do you mean, go sit down? Where's my food? We'll bring it to you." Uh, well, that's that's it, just like uh, Polo Campero. I can definitely see. Well, that's like, every restaurant. You just being a huge Polo Campero is not a fast food. Uh, is not a restaurant. Oh, I remember what place. the thing I wanted to mention now was actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, just that they're releasing like Werewolf by Night in color, and I do not oh, yeah, understand I saw why. That. 
I saw Which, that. It was really rad in black and white. I have no idea yeah. why you'd want to re-release it. I don't in think color. they're doing it full in color. I think they're just going to add like accents of color here and there. Eh, that could be better, but I don't it want a full be. color version of it because half the fun yeah. was like it was an old like Hammer horror movie, you know? Yeah. Or not um, Hammer, old Universal horror movie. Yeah. But McDonald's is saying that they're doing this for customer convenience. I don't Whatever. I don't think it's very convenient. Whatever. I mean, it's not something I'd get upset about, but like... Yeah, as I, long as they're good about it, you know? Well, how am I going to be able to mix my diet with my regular? Yeah, how am I going to make a suicide, man? <laughs> I would rather just drink day. it myself, yes. Yeah, that's what you or just, or rather, like, go get the drink myself. Yeah. Uh, all right, last bit of food news. Arby's has the thing called the new Big Game Burger. And it's made with a blend of venison, elk, and beef. Christ. Jeez, don't let your insurance company find out you're eating this shit. Are you kidding me? Okay, so I like I like venison. I do not. I have never had elk. It's a I have gamey. not either. Never had elk, either. yeah. And, you know, beef, yeah. Beef, obviously. They make beef, great yeah. milk. Great milk. My favorite mm-hmm. kind of milk. Beef milk. Moving on. Uh, so this is like venison, elk, ground beef, <laughs> chocolate, onions, pickles, Swiss. And dark cherry steak sauce. Uh, I will. That's never the Bronco try. Berry sauce. Yeah, it's the Bronco Berry sauce. It's the it's the Arby's Bronco Berry sauce, which is actually quite good. It's actually yeah, it's really the jalapeno good. pepper. Okay, but I would yeah. try this. I hate venison. Dude. I mean, I don't find this revolting, but I also don't I do. find it appealing. I don't yeah, think I do it'll look like this, but I might give. it Oh, a it's try. not gonna. Oh, hell no. Hell no, this probably isn't actually any real food. Oh it's no, it's gonna be some like thin little thing and it's gonna be like <laughs> yeah. the onions like aren't visible from outside the bun and you know shit like that. I always oh, said if venison was as good as beef, we would have fields and fields of deer, you know. Well where we I I, 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 like I mostly agree with that, actually. It's pretty good. I venison jerky is really good. I, I just not venison is so far down on the list of you have to tell me you are out of like seven other things before I'd even consider. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Arby should be brave and do horse. Oh, dude, they do that in other countries. Like they, have like, they have like horse burgers and stuff in Italy. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would actually try horse. I heard it tastes like beef. Like it does. Beef. Yeah, I heard it's like a leaner. Well, beef. I haven't had horse, but I've had horse flavored chips. Oh, that's not the same. Horse flavored. <laughs> you fucking poser. <laughs> Let's do one more. Let's do one more thing before we review. Oh man! Oh, here we go. Oh no, that's the cheeseburger. We did get a preview for Duke number one. Joshua Williamson, Tom Riley. Where this does be... Joshua Williamson find the time? Yeah, where does he find the time? He's shopping with his old Joshua lady. Joshua Williamson is not a person. Joshua Williamson is an AI. That yeah, he's an art. AI pretending. Right, so we get a, like a preview here with a little bit of backstory and stuff like that. But um, the story is Conrad Hauser has made first contact with an alien being, or was it a UFO, or was it both? But no one, not even Colonel Hawk, will believe the story of the jet fighter converting into a colossal alien robot that nearly killed the man known as Duke. So this oh. is like a pre-GI Joe thing. GI Joe will be getting together because of the Cybertronian invasion. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. This no, comes they out. They called him Colonel Hawk. So he's, so yeah. Yeah, it's, Colonel it's Hawk. A little early in the G.I. Joe timeline. Exactly, dude. Exactly. So this is the first of four different one shots. 
one not one shots mini series four issue mini series that will come out. Um, it's Duke and Cobra Commander so far. We don't know what the next two will be. I'd be surprised if one of them wasn't Snake Eyes. I'd oh yeah, you got to bring Snake Eyes in fairly Storm early. Shadow. I would think Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow maybe you could just put Storm Shadow in Snake Eyes. You know, sure, just give him someone sure. to fight. Yeah, I would love any of the GI Joe characters. I am a huge fan of the GI Joes. And yeah, it's a bit of a wild card who number four would be, but um, yeah, this looks cool. I really Scarlet, like the artwork you gotta put, on this. Put Scarlet in there. You could put Scarlet in the Snake maybe Eyes. Put Scarlet. Hmm. Oh, hey, maybe now that I'm saying that Scarlet's probably going to be in the Duke book. You know, I wouldn't be maybe. shocked if she showed up in this book. Do you think it'll be a Joe, or do you think it'll be someone from Cobra? Uh, I don't know. Man. I think oh, Jeff chimed in. GI Joe gonna be badass, dude. It's gonna be so good. The Energon universe is just looking so great right now. Yeah, but that artwork looks sick. Um, it looks like just even if you don't give a shit about GI Joe, it just looks like a cool war comic, you know? Yeah, and it's gonna tie into this overall thing with Transformers that it's. I don't know, man. I, I think it's ir- irresistible. I mean, well, I do think a you, fan. if you're going to be on for the long haul, you have to give a shit about Transformers because they are in yeah. every one of these books. Yeah. So there you go. That's your uh, moment of destruction. We'll have more when we get more. Hopefully, we'll get a uh, co- a Cobra Commander number one preview, you know, fairly soon. But uh, cool. That's it. Let's do top three. Let's review some books. Terrible week being busy. So I just still gonna get into it. Uh, yeah, I only have four books on my list altogether. Honorable mention Ooh. and then top three. Usually I have just a huge list with notes so I could talk with folks about it. But um, honorable mention is uh, Ghost Rider number 18. Ben Percy, Carlos Nieto, Phil Artist. Uh, this wit, uh, issue was all about Talia Warroad, who is basically Ghost Rider's current sidekick. And she's a supernatural CIA agent. She's basically John Constantine from the Keanu Reeves movie. Like from a child, she saw all kinds of boogermen and they would get her and and stuff like that um but she also has like innate abilities not like constantine he learned everything later she has some innate abilities that help protect her and and do different things and it was really fun i had a a really good time with that but um my number three this week is the father and son fun of batman and robin it's an honorable mention for me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Joshua Williamson, again, Simone DeMeo. Great art in this. Um, it had a bit of first issue syndrome, you know, kind of leaning into Gotham War and well, yeah, where basically Robin just was like, on Lazarus uh, Island. They do at least, like, like, you know, give you the credit of knowing who Batman is and even who Damien is. Yeah. But um, they do spend a lot of time, like, here's the current goings on, you know, with the yeah. Bat books. Yeah. Uh, but I love the way this is, is is shaping up where Bruce is like, no, Damon, you got to go to high school. And he's like, I'm smarter than everybody at high school. He's like, yeah, I know. That's why you got to go because you're a little shit with a bad attitude. Um, but really well, good. I also pointed out that like he did a like a lot of he, he he seemed to have gotten a lot of good out of hanging out with people his own age. We see right. some of which here in his little background splash there. Yeah, it's a beautiful splash, too. It is. That, yeah, that profile just really well done and i mean here's another art page just man other villains just so good dude um basically that's why this hit for me the art was just super solid yeah and i love where williamson is going with the father and son dynamic um these characters have evolved quite a bit together over the course of the past year or two 
Yeah, the Rodman um, series. A lot of good then, touches here. Like yeah. it seems like Bruce is the one who's like most eager to reconnect here, you know, and that's kind yeah. of an interesting turn for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just having a great time. With this it's kind of weird that he's having this same sort of mental state while his mental state in like during the Gotham War series is like way, you know, way out there. He seems a lot more mellow here. He seems like a dad here. So yeah, but I am anxious to read the rest. Uh, it was it was it was great. I had a great time. Uh, Taylor, honorable mention. Uh, Batman and Robin was honorable mention for me too. Um, Spider Man was fun. Um, um, the Miles Morales Spider Man number ten. Um, yeah, this is great. Leaning uh, him having going to therapy. I, I thought that was really yeah. really brave thing to do. I don't know enough to say whether that was like actual good like therapy session advice. Oh, yeah, it's basically just breathe and um, you know just very quickly, you know, hey, yeah. uh, just you know, take a moment to think before you react yeah. to your spider sins. And like, yeah, it was like that uh, episode of TNG where Barkley goes, "Oh yeah, that helps, counselor. Thanks," and then just leaves and then goes back yes. to the holodeck. Yeah, so, it seems like they they yeah. broke through some barriers really fucking fast yeah. in that therapy. But position. I really like how they're leaning into this guy is a superhero, but he's still like <sighs> this is where Peter Parker would have been if Peter Parker would have was Peter Parker of the 60s, 70s, yeah. and 80s. Now he would be going <laughs> to therapy. He would come on, Dave. Nice, no, he it would. just it almost sounds like you're going to be like Peter pa- Peter Parker pick a pick a pick a lovers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I suppose a bit of a tongue yeah. twister there, but yeah, um, good, good call out. Yeah, Green Lantern was fun. It was good to get back to that after fucking Night Terrors. Um, it was solid. I, I yeah. didn't get all the way through it. But, oh, wait. No, I did get through this. There's a big slap in it at one point. Mm. There's oh, also yeah. um, Avengers Inc. was a good debut issue. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's on my list. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll let you talk about that in a minute because that was nice. a lot of fun. Nice. Um, my um, number three this week, though, is going to be uh, Incredible Hulk, number four. Good choice. Good choice. I did not read this. I did not get. Well, you do miss uh, Nick Klein on the art, and that you know it's a shame to switch over. But this was still a lot of fun. Uh, do you have the image where the Hulk is no. expanding inside of and exploding out of Man Thing? No, that, I yeah, I didn't yeah. even read it. I just grabbed the cover for it. I didn't even yeah. get any of the interior of this issue. So yeah, this is basically just teeing up more stuff that's going to be coming later. But they're still going along with the uh, mother of monsters and eldest and all that stuff. We also get a little bit more into uh, Charlie, his little sidekick character that he's picked. Yeah, little kid um, sidekick. Yeah, I do miss Nick Klein's art, but this was a lot of fun. The artwork was still pretty damn solid. Um, so yeah, this, it's been fun reading Hulk again. I really love the horror aesthetic they're going into. Like the new monster of the week is. Um, <clears throat> like this fucking swamp creature that like shows you like your lost loved ones and pulls you in. Oh, so that's, cool. it's a really cool, cool angle. So like, I'm, I'm really enjoying the hell out of like what yeah. freaky fucking thing is going to come at the Hulk this week. Nice. You know? Nice. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. Okay. But yeah, that's cool. my number three. Dave. All right. Honorable mentions. Uh, the call number two. Uh, yeah, great art. Not a lot of action. Very talky-talky. And yeah, why did everybody of... get so horny all of a sudden? I think it has something to do with the island. Yeah, the island seems to be making everyone horny. I was not expecting that twist, Kelly Thompson. I was not expecting uh, that twist. I, and I think that the creatures in this realm are quickly evolving. I don't know about that either. I thought it was a different creature. I think... Well, they like she picks up something out of the water, and then yeah. like a moment later, she drops it back in the water, and it's different. Yeah. And then that pa- red panda-looking thing is like a person now. 
Yeah, this is an issue I would have read twice if I'd had more time. Because I, I had to like, go, I may actually go back and read it again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just to try to pick up on some things. But. Yeah, it, but I don't yeah. remember that dude being there. We I remember at the end of the last issue was just the four girls, and now I was like, where the hell did this dude come from? Ah. Uh, and then two pages later, they're they're just having sex in the weird. The earrings pink woods. are coming off. The earrings are coming off. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" It was weird. It was, it wasn't weird. It was cool. You know, it was done very well. It was just unexpected, for sure. Uh, uh yeah. Continue. Please. The next next honorable mention <laughs> is Killmore number one. Yeah, I didn't get to this. I did thumb through it a little bit, but I did not get to read the whole thing. Um, it looks like a cop drama. Yeah, uh, a a city is basically in economic woes, and serial killers are starting to show up in droves. Oh, okay. Uh, my favorite one is the head squisher. <laughs> that's funny. It's <laughs> the name um, of the serial killer, the head squisher. That's the name of the. That is the literal name of a serial killer in this Man. book. Is the head squisher. Uh, my next honorable mention is Creep Show number one. Uh, no, just, I didn't, you know, I didn't read really that good either. horror anthology here. Got two really good yeah. stories. Uh, nice. The first story is by Becky Cloonan, art, artwork from Becky Cloonan. So, cool. kudos. Garth um, Ennis wrote it. Yeah, I didn't get yeah, to this Garth one Ennis either, man. It. I didn't get to that one either. And uh, I think uh, my last honorable mention my is, goodness. is going to be Astrobots number five. Yeah, I got to catch up on this whole. Holy I want to reread all this in uh in, in like collected all five in a, in a row. Holy shit! Nice, nice. That's I'm all excited. I will say. Holy nice. shit! Nice. I'm very excited to check that out. All right, and now my number three pick this week is actually going to be Batman Gargoyle of Gotham. Yeah, I did read this uh, briefly. Uh, it, Grandpa's have, art is amazing. Look, he does the yeah, uh, I have. I there's a lot going on in this book, and I there have is. to reread it again. But yeah. the artwork is phenomenal, and it's, it seems like it's a very early Batman story, but it was a it modern is. twist on it because we yeah. don't have Commissioner Gordon, we have Detective Gordon. Yeah. He it's, killed Bruce Wayne in this. Batman kills Bruce Wayne in this, so he can be full time Batman. Yeah, but then there's this chick who is like really marxist man like really eat the rich shit and oh yeah. I, that really you know spoke that, to that, me that that spoke to you yeah yeah that, that really spoke to me but it, it meandered a lot man and that's yeah, what i'm saying like you said go, i want to go back and reread it i have it to go back and read i have to go back and read this because there is definitely some things i missed that i am like yeah i i tr tr gotta process it again you know i was reading all the other books and just i have to go back and really read this to yeah, yeah, but the, the art, point. like you said, was fantastic. Phenomenal. But, I mean, it is just a Batman book, and there's, like, a hunting, a guy who, and there's, like, a cartoon company involved. Like, the villain is based off a cartoon character from yeah. this company? Yeah. And this Jeez. dude is killing rich people in weird ways, and Batman is killing Bat, or Bruce Wayne. It's, yeah, there's a whole lot going fucking on in this book, and mm. I just didn't have enough time to, to really put the attention in to truly understand all the ins and outs, but, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good. Good call out. Good shout out. Uh, all right, that comes to me. My number two book, Avengers Inc. Al Ewing, Leonard Kirk. Uh, this was really cool. It's basically a whodunit with Wasp and friends. Um, yeah, like doing like superhero like procedurals, basically. You know. Yeah, like these these supervillains are in jail and get shot in their cells and die, but then like three or four or five pages later, they're all back. But are then there's one of them. 
No, we don't know. We they don't have know. not explained what is going on yet. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, most of yeah. what happens after this is basically devoted to a big old fight that they have. Yeah, uh, and Janet <clears throat> does do a good. It almost. Oh yeah, she's like, doing good, like forensics. Like she's really showing off, like that, but, her I mean, wit like, and her competence here. You know. Yeah, like her internal monologue, though, that we get to see. It does read like a pulp crime novel. It does, yeah. And like that's she's, really what drew me in. Al Ewing doing that. She's know? like the and, PI and who got like pulled in to like you know handle the case or whatever. Yeah, and it, and Doctor Pym, of course. Oh yeah, and that's the big twist at the end is like that piece of shit Eric O'Grady and, uh, and Pym. apparently Hank Pym or like or like I, old man Hank Pym. I love Eric O'Grady. He's my favorite Ant Man. Uh, created by Robert Kirkman. Believe it or not. But, you cannot deny that he's a huge piece of shit, though. Oh, I love it. I lo- well, you know what? I, I can relate. I think I can relate. You're also a huge <laughs> piece of shit. So yeah. Uh, I think I can read the rest of Taylor's uh, stuff. Uh, Taylor number two. My number two is X Men Red number fifteen. Oh yes, the uh, C- Iraqo Civil War, Iraqi Civil War. Yeah. So, yeah, we get our freaking infographics. Love that shit. I love it because um, it was a map, too. And I'm a big fan yeah. of maps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it also put front and center uh, Fisher King. We get into his past. That's always a bit of a risky proposition. You know, taking a character who's, like, cool and mysterious and everything and, like, actually getting into the whys and wherefores that can... It can run the risk of not living up to your expectations. Darth Vader, Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think that this is getting into some pretty cool shit. Like, I'm enjoying, like, the look into what it was like in Iraq during the war. You know, that's something we've seen alluded yeah. to, but here we're getting more details on it. And, like, even as he's, like, disparaging himself, because we're getting, like, his perspective this time, he is still the first person to recognize, oh, wait, this is a trap. You know, so even yeah. though he's still being the most, like, savvy person there, he's all like, ah, damn, I noticed it too late, you know? I'm still not quite sure of his powers. He apparently doesn't have one, He's but got like worms living in him or some shit. But there's something to him, and I think that's what we're going to get into next time. They've done a great job building up this guy who apparently has no powers whatsoever, and yet still has this uncanny ability to steal the show, be in really? the right place at the right time every fucking time he's appeared. You know, yeah. like even like after Abigail Brand like got defeated and she like went to her safe place. Who was there waiting for her? The fucking Fisher King, you know? Exactly. How the hell is he doing this? And it's fascinating, and I'm assuming we'll get into that with his next issue. Yeah, I think so too, man. Uh, this was the end here. You know, guess who's back in town? Yeah. Uh, I mean, who can save Mars now? It can only be Apocalypse. You know, he's the only one who, who can come back. Uh, Eli from the comic book bullies in the chat. Greg Coppolo drew that corn album cover, not Ryan Stegman. Uh, yes, you are absolutely right, dude. I must have misspoke. Uh, Ryan Stegman. No, I did. I did. That's from last week. But yeah, yeah, he's right. Eli calling us out. It's because Dave wasn't here. I don't know about what this us is you're talking about, but Dave, I don't think was here too. I wasn't here last week. No, I mean, it was you who said it. He's calling you out. It was totally me. It was totally me. Thanks, Eli. Again, Eli, over at the Comic Book Bullies. Check them out. We'll talk more about them at the end of the show, but give them a Google. Or go to outrightgeekier.com. Uh, all right, that leads us to uh, Dave's number two this week. Hello there. <laughs> oh, Dave, what are my you doing? Cat, my cat is – I didn't put my cat up because she ran away, and now she's <laughs> in my lap. Oh, that's she's, nice. That's, that sounds uh, sweet. 
my number two is the alternate <laughs> number one. Yeah, I, I I didn't read this one either. I did grab the cover though. This is Patton uh, Oswalt's like yes, spinoff. Spinning spinning out of minor threats. The alternates are a group of superheroes that went to another dimension and then came back. And now they're in therapy. And apparently <laughs> they they might have brought something back with them. They thought they had filled up the rift that they went to this other dimension to. Yeah. And uh and, you know, they're in therapy and one of their one of the guys is like, I'm I, you know, I've kind of I'm kind of over it. I've I, I worked my way through it. I don't need therapy anymore. So he takes off, and our character, our main character here, is uh, Mary Maria. Uh, she is Monster Girl. She can become, she can make her body, her you know, she can become body parts of other famous monsters. Oh, cool! She's like Beast Boy, so she's but with like, monsters. She's like combining together like the Universal Monster Slate or something. Something like that's that. Fun. She, she looks like she has a Wolfman arm there. Yeah, yeah that's she what can it, do yeah. Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, uh, oh, a vampire arm. Uh, she's got a, it's a really interesting uh, set of powers. Uh, but that's cool. uh, they're you know she's like I'm kind of done with the group two and you know I'm kind of getting my life back together. She and she's on a date with somebody and then. She ends up, you know, running into her therapist, and they have a talk at a diner. And like the Sorcerer Supreme of the Minor Threats universe shows up and was like, "Can you know something's going on uh, with what they call the Ledge, which is the parallel this parallel universe?" Okay. And she's like, uh, "We're getting readings that match the signature of the Ledge." And she's like, "Very curious." She's like, "I'm very curious if like maybe something came back with you." Oh, nice. And, okay, fine. And in the end of it, the the guy, the first guy that leaves the therapy group shows up, or shows up to uh, Monster Girl, and uh, that gives her a lead to follow. And they find that it's just um, that he's dead, and somehow he was able to project himself to oh, her. Oh, wild! And when they inspect the body, they find vials of or drug vials full of the substance from the parallel universe. They're oh, using so it as a drug. Oh, okay, okay. So now yeah, that we have, sounds okay. I don't know yeah, if I read the minor threats all the way through, but well, I mean, minor, this sounds good. This is this is not connected to it's other than existing in the same universe. Right. This is right. a group of superheroes that went to another dimension to seal it, and then were able to come back, and they were changed, and they're right. in therapy for it. Cool. So, okay. They're not villains. Fun. So. Fun. Cool. I hear you, Cat. That's funny. Yeah. All right, cool. Good call out. Uh, number one, was there any any doubt? Uh, a perfect number one issue from Solomon yeah. Ahmed and Aaron Cooter. Daredevil number one. Hey, we're this... going for a hat trick. Yeah. Is your well. number one too, Dave? Yes. yes. Three for three. Yeah. All oh, right. Three for three. Dude, this was just a perfect debut issue. I, I, I mean. Yeah, this had everything you could want. We have like sick art montages of Daredevil kicking ass. We got um, a cool new like status quo where like they're not like for a first issue of a new uh, run here. This is very little first issue syndrome. You know, they're trusting no. us to know that like this is Daredevil. They get all yeah. the stuff. We're like, yeah, I got reincarnated. We're not explaining it yet. Um, just roll with it. And they do a great job. And I fucking love this villain. And I especially love the imagery they use when he's doing his possessions, you know? Yeah, I this is a good like one, a but I don't know if I got the one where he's like... He's he looked like that with the horns, but I think he's supposed to be one of the seven deadly sins because he's 
extremely sloth? fucking lazy. <laughs> yeah, he's sloth. <laughs> so he's extremely fucking lazy, and he talks about how, like, oh, well, the others won't be as easy. So I think that's what's going on, but I am enticed because they don't really explain a lot about what's going on here. Yeah, they really didn't have to. They did not. As somebody who hasn't read, you know, the latest runs of Daredevil on and off, uh, I really enjoyed this, and it really, I really didn't have to like be like, what happened here, what happened there. They kind of did cover some of that, but well, this is good to get the multiple perspectives because, like, Gomer and I have both read the uh, last run, yeah. and I definitely, it's a very good example of like picking up what that was putting down. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that it's also good to read if you're coming at it fresh. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just, like, I didn't have to be, be like trying to figure out what was going on here. Just you know, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. I love him using like his stole and like the yeah. the candle holders as like the fucking uh, weaponry here, you know? Yeah. Great motion here. Aaron Cooter just shines in, in, in every page, but some just more than others. And then we finally get him back, you know, in the garb. And like God immediately punishes him. I love all of that area of it too, you know? Daredevil has always been about Catholic guilt. Okay. Yes. Let's not, let's not be. Let's not, you know, split any fucking hairs. That's what it's Daredevil has had some runs where he's been, you know, fun. But for the most iconic version of Daredevil is Sad Boy Daredevil, and yeah, for the like most Wade, part, it is Wade's Catholic Daredevil. Daredevil yeah. Run, he really didn't touch on the religion that much, you know. Yeah, like in but, Wade's run, it was more like you know, laughing Daredevil, like laughing, like swashbuckling fun type of stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah, we're definitely doing Sad Boy Daredevil here because he is having his uh, crisis of faith. And I, it's very well written, and it's very much in solid in Ahmed's wheelhouse. He writes a lot of great yeah. books with that element, with like not necessarily Catholic guilt, but with like inner turmoil, you know? Right. Uh, Eli in the chat, even the bright, pretty artwork. And he's right. You think about yeah. Daredevil, you think about it being gritty and dark. This was not that. This was, you know, like bright. I mean, look, I mean, I yeah, like a lot of, of a lot of the uh, more iconic Daredevil runs probably were things like Dave Aha or like uh, Mac right. or you know people like that who had like more of a gritty tinge to it. But you're right, yeah. it absolutely this art absolutely nails it, even though it is a lot more like clean and crisp, you know. Yeah, and um, I mean, look at Cooter's faces on that first panel. I mean, that is just says so much. You know exactly what emotion you're seeing, and then just this scene of Electra checking out on on Matt. It's just perfect. There's even a little bit of, like, confusion about Matt Murdock not knowing he had a past, but knowing he had a past, you know, yeah. not knowing who Electra is, but then meeting her and being like, oh, I know who you are. Um, yeah, they're really doing a good job. Worked. They're this doing a great job, like, teasing out, like, the reveal as to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you agree, agrees. Dave's chat. Yeah. The cat agrees. This was fucking awesome. Yeah, this seems like it's going to be, I mean, another prestige, amazing, cool, fun run. Man, it's always Daredevil. great whenever Daredevil, like, gets a good writer, you know, because, like, this yeah. is where great writers go to really, like, strut their stuff. And it looks like yeah. we're getting another one of those for sure. Yeah, my, my another favorite part of this, the villains in this are uh, one of the seven deadly sins and cops. Um, yeah. So yeah, whatever Marvel. It wouldn't be a Daredevil book if the villains weren't cops. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I didn't last uh, series. He killed a cop at one point. It was an accident, but I mean, it still happened. I think it was a cop. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, wow, trifecta hat trick. All three of us have the same number one. Very rarely happens, but man, what a fantastic issue! Um, a perfect debut issue, especially coming off that great that great Zadarsky run. 
Um, yeah, I'm really anxious to see where this goes. I'm happy that they're keeping the status quo that Zdarsky set up with Elektra and eventually moving that, you know, him dying, going to hell, coming back, having this new thing that he wants to do. Yeah, everything about this uh, issue was just perfect. perfect. So, uh, awesome. We did it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. If you like what we're doing, check out what the bullies are doing. Eli's been hanging out in the chat. Uh, Leroy and Eli do pop culture podcast uh, every Sunday night into the evening hours. Um, if you want more on them, go to outrightgeekery.com. We have links to everything that the bullies got going on, plus everything that we've got going on, including merch and Patreon, all the socials, all the audios, all that good stuff. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, Come back tomorrow. We're going to be doing the preview show, talking about all of the new books that are coming out this week. Uh, it is a heaping helping of comics, a lot of big debuts. Um, and I think Nightwing, I think it's a Nightwing week. Hell yeah. Yeah, always cool. Um, I think he's going on like a pirate adventure this week. Even better. Dude, yeah. I'm very excited. I think that's this week. I think that's this week. Uh, anyway, yeah. Nightwing. Yeah, anyway, come back for that. We'll tease all those comics um, and, and dive deep uh, into them. Uh, again, we really appreciate it, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to these guys for hanging out with this guy. Always fun. And we're going to do it again next time. Same geek time. Same geek channel. Wait till he passes out and crushes his cat. In the meantime, you can follow, <laughs> you can follow Jeff's comment, which you ignored, you asshole.